Hi, and welcome to The Booby Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls, where you'll get access to all of our bonus content. And this week we are covering a classic, A Wrinkle in Time. I mean, it's a classic, but not a classic movie. No, definitely not a classic movie. Um, (laughs) You're going to laugh. I titled this one, Whoosie, Whatsie, Whatchamacallit. Because I got so confused about these freaking names. The Mrs. The Mrs. Fair enough. Who's he? What's he? I don't know. Who is this? So the book was originally published January 1st, 1962, and it's written by Madeline LeEngle, I think is how you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a Goodreads rating of 3.99 out of 5, so basically a 4. Uh, and it's 211 pages. Uh, quick read. Yeah. Very, very quick read. Yeah, I finished it in like a day and a half. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I read this when I was in sixth grade. I've so. never read it before. No? But it gave me like such giver vibes. I was thinking the same thing. Like, I can't remember <laughs> when that one was written, but I'm like, this yeah. is almost the same. I mean, di- a little different, but... Different, a little bit easier to yeah. follow. Not follow, but like easier to read, I guess, yeah. than the giver. Easier to conceptual- conceptualize yeah. than the giver was, sure. but... So the movie came out in 2018. I believe it. they'd done like a TV mm-hmm. movie before yes. a couple of years ago, but this is the first major motion picture. Um, but yeah, 2018 by Disney mm-hmm. did it. Um, it's PG, uh, Adventure Family Fantasy. It's an hour and 49 minutes long, which I love. Anything <laughs> under two hours, I've decided yeah. is my is my wheelhouse. Um, and is directed by Av DuVernay. <laughs> Ava DuVernay. <laughs> Okay. I don't know Av. about the. It's definitely Ava, but I think she it's, spells it A V E. I think it's Ava. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> she directed um, the TV series When They See Us. Did you watch that yes. one about the Central Park yes. guys? Um, she she, uh, she directed that and she directed um, Selma. She has a bunch of other producing credits, yes. but this is those are her major directing credits. Sounds good. All right, so the IMDb synopsis reads, After the disappearance of her scientist father, three peculiar beings send Meg, her brother, and her friend to space in order to find him. Which (laughs) sounds about right. (laughs) Well, space I don't even think is the right word for it. I mean, to the, yeah, somewhere in the universe. That's space. Yeah, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So some fun facts. Um. This is the first novel in a time quintet, which means five, I would, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, a series of, yeah, five young adult novels written by Madeline Langle. Um, the other books are titled A Wind in the Door, A Swiftly Tilting Planet, Many Waters, and An Acceptable Time. Um, all tied around Meg and her brother. Oh. And, yeah, and that kind That's of... so funny that this is really the only one I've ever heard of. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, so upon a completion in 1960 of the book, um, it was actually rejected by at least 26 public publishers um because in um madeline's words it was too different and because it dealt with overtly um or it overtly dealt with the problem of evil and it was very difficult for children to mm-hmm. kind of understand or comprehend yeah. which i'm like it's interesting because it's a children's novel but yeah. that's fine <laughs> um in 1963 the book won the newberry medal which is an annual award given by the association for library service to children um it's which that's like a section of the american library association um and it's the award is for the author with the most distinguished contribution to American ch- children's literature. So I'd say, mm. you know, as the awards go, it's pretty high up there yeah. for, for a children's award. Um, 
Based on a 2007 online poll, the National Education Association listed the book as one of its teacher's top 100 books for children, and it's also one of the top 100 chapter books of all time. That was that poll was in 2012. Um, in 2016, the novel saw a spike in sales after Chelsea Clinton mentioned it as an influential book in her childhood uh, during a speech during the uh, 2016 Democratic National Convention. Huh. So I guess if Chelsea Clinton says it's good, sure, it's going to shoot up I don't up know there. what I was reading in high school, but the fact that I didn't read this, this is middle, or, middle school, or middle, middle school, sure, yeah. in school, but yeah. like I didn't read this. I didn't read The Giver. I didn't read The Giver. Kind of... This, I mean, I went to middle school this year, sixth grade, I was in Canada, so maybe Canadian... Um. Um, you know, literature Maybe. or requirements are different. I don't know. <laughs> and lastly, like you mentioned, it um, was created into a TV movie in 2003. It's also It was also made into a play in 1990, an opera in 1992, and a graphic novel in 2012, hmm. aside from the movie that we're covering here. But I bet the graphic novel's cool. I'm sure it is. I always like seeing, like, things brought mm-hmm. to life through for pictures, sure. for sure. Uh, so... The movie tanked. Oh, no. <laughs> it really didn't do very well. It only has a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. I have a couple different budgets. One place said that it was $100 million. The other said it was $250 million. Oh. So I don't know exactly which one. It only made $130 million worldwide. So even if it was just $100 million, mm-hmm. that's not a lot of money. It didn't make a whole lot, yeah. No. So... Um, they said following the mix to negative critical reactions and the disappointing box office in the United States, the theatrical release of the film was canceled in several overseas countries, such as Belgium and the Netherlands. And it went straight to video on demand, Ouch. which is like, that's where that is, movies go to die. That is the worst <laughs> thing you want to happen yeah. when you're making a film. So didn't do too great, which is really, I mean, I didn't think it was that bad. No. And it's got like a pretty Impressive cast. Right. So, so I'm actually shocked. Interesting. But uh, the in the movie, one of the big differences is that the family is mixed race mm-hmm. in this. Uh, and that, you know, in the book, they're portrayed as, you know, as white. And I guess it was like huge controversy over this really? for whatever reason. But the filmmakers believe that, you know, the multi multiracial family um, was more relevant and relatable to contemporary audiences, which totally. is one of the things why I like the movie so much is because it was such a modern take on it. 100%. Is why I liked it. So yeah. I guess, but I mean, if you're talking about a classic novel, some people really don't like it when... They touch any I guess, of it. But I mean, same, same with The Giver. I felt like they were able to make it contemporary in the movie, um, you know, because they had different ethnicities represented and stuff like that, too. So did they? Didn't they? I mean, it was Katie Holmes. <laughs> well, like not his family, but like the other family. Yeah, I guess there wasn't. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> not as much as the, Yeah, right. Not, like the main family was True. definitely more diverse. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things in this movie are all of the quotes that mm-hmm. one of the misses uses, uh, Mrs. Who, and one of her, one of the famous quotes that she that's put into the movie that obviously wasn't in in the book. Um, she says, "Tomorrow there'll be more of us." Miranda, American, and it's actually a nod to the Broadway hit Hamilton um, and one of the ah. lyrics in, in the in that play. So that's interesting. And so I guess I guess Hamilton love because Hamilton has a cult following. Oh, 100 percent. So people just like love that they put that in there. I guess <laughs> you put one line and everybody becomes <laughs> yeah. a fan. So the movie was filmed in New Zealand for two weeks, and I guess the cast and crew just like absolutely loved everything about New Zealand, which 
why right. wouldn't you or whatever um but like everyone was so nice to them and even during the shooting they brought them like traditional dishes that i can't pronounce i'm not even going to try <laughs> um but to, that are indigenous to the people of new zealand so they just didn't even want to leave once they were done that's filming. cool they only filmed for two weeks Probably in New Zealand. Oh, so okay. I'm sure a lot of like the stuff was probably done in studios. True. But like the outdoor areas, mm. which was like beautiful. Yeah. So. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the movie was actually <laughs> actually leaked um, in 2016 because uh, somebody on the team uh, <laughs> leaked a video of them all doing the mannequin challenge. Oh, Do yeah. you remember that? Mm-hmm. And so I guess like I don't know if they hadn't released the cast at that point. So but I guess the cast was leaked because someone film them uh, doing this oh, mannequin so the cast, challenge not the movie itself no no no, no oh, just, just like parts of okay. it <laughs> that's funny so gotta love social media right all right so the cast like you said pretty star-studded which is probably where most of their budget went to yeah, i would assume where half of it probably went to oprah <laughs> true i mean yeah when you have oprah in a movie you can't right you know. uh so we'll start with meg meg is the main character of this story she is the girl who's looking for her dad uh, played by Storm Reed. She's in The Invisible Man. She's also in Euphoria. And she's going to be in the upcoming Suicide Squad in 2021. I loved her. I thought she was... I did too. She was great. She's the younger sister in Euphoria. And I really, really liked her in that. I was trying to figure out who she was. Because yeah. I haven't watched that in, she's, in quite a while. Um, she's... What's her name? Yeah, yeah. Younger sister. She's obviously older now. Yeah. But, yeah. So, but she's like that perfect where it's like... She's young and kind of nerdy, but you know she's just going to be, like, gorgeous. Yeah. You know, when Which she Which is funny because that's what Meg's character... Right. You know, they say it in the book and the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you're kind of frumpy looking now, but you're going to be gorgeous when right. you grow up. So, I really liked her. I thought she did a great job. Yeah. Uh, next character is my favorite character, Charles Wallace. <laughs> course <laughs> who is meg's little brother in the film one of the differences in in this character is that she he's adopted in the mm-hmm. movie in the in the book he's not adopted right which again maybe is a thing that they wanted to bring into modern times i guess why not um but played by Derek mccabe so don't know too much about him but he is in the tv series i guess it's on I can't remember what platform it's on, but it's called um, Home Before Dark. And it's a it's a book th- uh, thriller that they've turned into a series. I've seen the book. It's like all over Bookstagram. I don't know. It was a series. Yeah. Add yeah. it to the list. Lovely. <laughs> but he's so cute. I loved him. Super cute. So did you ever watch um, Fuller House, which was like the reboot of Full House? I, tr- I gave it like one episode. Okay. So the whole premise is that DJ has three boys now. Uh-huh. The youngest of the boys, this this kid totally reminded oh, me really? of him. Oh, really? Yeah. He's got, like, the, like, wears cute outfits and, like, mm-hmm. has that, like, cute attitude. Total. I was like, you could interchange them and I wouldn't know yeah. the difference. But he was my favorite favorite character in the book. He was my favorite character yeah. in the movie. So I, I loved him. <laughs> uh, next character is Calvin. Calvin is the neighbor boy that randomly goes on this adventure with them. I... <laughs> Calvin was not necessary, but... I mean, he was fine. He was fine. Uh, Played by Levi Miller. He plays Peter Pan in the movie Pan that came out um, a few years ago, so he was quite a bit younger Mm -hmm. in it. Um, But he's Australian. He is? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, he's cute, though. So cute. Also, like, perfect skin. I realize he's a teenager, but still. (laughs) Right. So, but I thought he was cute, and I, I missed a little bit of... The relationship between Meg and Calvin in in the movie compared to the book. And I don't know. Like, because there was yeah. a lot of, like, they talk about them holding hands a lot. And yeah. And I was just like, and I maybe it was, that was just done on purpose. It was like but... the teen angst of, yeah. like, that cuteness between <laughs> so. them. 
Uh, next character is Mr. Murray, who is Meg and Charles Wallace's dad, who's gone missing, is played by Chris Pine, who we know from Star Trek and Wonder Woman and a million other things. <laughs> I love Chris Pine. Uh, he's like the lesser of the He's Chris's. the lesser of the Chris's. He's like my third favorite Chris. He's like fourth or fifth for me. <laughs> <laughs> but he always tends to play these like kind of quirky roles, which I always yeah. enjoy. Um, so, but I thought he was, he, he was, was fine. fine. <laughs> Our next character is Mrs. Murray, who obviously is the mom, uh, played by Juju Mabathara. Wow. Well, she spells her first name G-U-G-U. I don't think it's Gugu. Probably Juju. Yeah, she's going to be in the upcoming series Loki. Um, and she was also in the Apple series The Morning Show that everyone raves about. Oh, I didn't watch that. Um, I, she wasn't in this movie too much, but I wanted to mention her because I would have loved to have seen her play in Little Fires Everywhere as Carrie Washington's character. Mm, yes. She seems like a better Carrie Washington I agree with that. She doesn't do weird things with her face. Yeah. She's lesser known too, so I almost would have like yeah. preferred that. I love Carrie Washington. Don't get me wrong. She just was yeah. not right for Little Fires right. Everywhere. Right. <laughs> so that I, but I really like this woman. So yeah. I hope we get to see her in more things and I'll watch her in Loki. So hopefully she has a big role in there. Uh, all right. We'll talk about the misses now. <laughs> Mrs. Witch is played by Oprah. Um, you don't even need to say her last name. It's just Oprah. Just Oprah, <laughs> Oprah Winfrey. Um, she was in The Color Purple in 1985, Selma, and she's going to be in the upcoming um, adaptation, or not, she's going to be in the upcoming movie Terms of Endearment, or I guess remake of mm-hmm. Terms of Endearment. Um, she actually was given um, the role right on spot without auditioning because... She's Oprah. She's Oprah. She, I guess she was... <laughs> she, oh, you're right. It is Ava. I must have mistyped because she it says that she was she was texting director Ava and uh, one day and she mentioned that she was, you know, developing a new wrinkle in time and asked if she could work with her and Oprah said, no problem. <laughs> so, so this just in, it is Ava DuVernay. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> we'll read some of the reviews later. People like hated Oprah in this, um, but I like, I actually really liked, I loved the, the costumes totally. in this movie. Um, and I love the glitter lip, you know? And so, I thought, she, yeah, I mean, like, why do I keep thinking that like Queen Latifah was in, was supposed to be like, she could have been she in something that was like, kind of like this, where she plays this like grandiose character i don't know i, I don't just know kept... but she could i mean she could yeah, have easily I mean, played queen this. but yeah for whatever reason i just kept thinking queen latifah yeah. was supposed to be in this but i mean it's oprah you can't right. go wrong with oprah right but i'm pretty sure that's where half their budget went <laughs> totally <laughs> uh the next missus is mrs who who is played by mindy kaling who i adore mm-hmm. she got her you know major start on the office when then she had the Mindy Project. And she's also done voices um, for Disney movies like uh, Inside Out. She played Disgust. And she's also in Wreck-It Ralph as uh, Taffeta Mutton Fudge. Her voice is so perfect for yeah. like cartoon movies. Yep. I feel like she has that like squeal type. Mm-hmm. Oh, thing I love that her. Works. Well, in this A Wrinkle in Time was her first live action Disney movie. Uh, up until now, she's only voiced characters. Nice. So. I like her too. But I loved her. Yeah. I mean, her character is more like in this movie is just quotes yeah so you don't get a whole lot of her personality in this 
in this character, but... I do feel like, like you mentioned, the costumes were almost their personality, right. really. So you got to see it through that, I yeah, guess. Yeah, so. But I like, love every her. time you turned around, like, their hair was different. Yeah. The colors were different. I was like, I can't <laughs> Again, that's up. probably where their budget went. Oprah yeah. and the costumes. Yeah. Uh, the last Mrs. is Mrs. What's It, played by Reese Witherspoon. Um, we know her, obviously, from Legally Blonde 1 and 2 and Legally Blonde 3, which is coming out in 2022. Wow. So get ready for that. Um, she was in Walk the Line. Uh, Sing 1 and 2, which is coming out in 2021. She was also in The Morning Show, um, that series. But this is not the last time we will hear from Reese Witherspoon because she loves a good movie <laughs> adaptation. She's um, in the film Wild, mm-hmm. uh, Little Fires Everywhere, Big Little Lies, and Water for Elephants. So. She's also got her own um, movie company or her own production company. Oh. She is the force behind Where the Crawdads Sing that's coming oh. out soon. I, do you know if she's going to actually act in that? Um, I haven't seen anything. I've seen like a few images of the main characters. Mm-hmm. She may make a cameo. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, Interesting. She is, she's what's pushing it. Because she does have Reese's Book Club, right. which is huge these days. Um, so I'm sure she gets, you know, first dibs on any of those books. She's she really prom- become quite the mogul. I agree. You know what I mean? Good for her. So it was funny because we went to Nashville, you know, what was it, two years ago? Mm -hmm. And we visited her store down there because she has a clothing line as well. What, like three or four times? Yeah. That was a little, (laughs) one too many times. Yeah. Well, and we're going to Nashville for the Arizona Cardinals game in September. And my boyfriend was like, well, what do you want to do? And we go there. And I go, anything but go to Reese Witherspoon's (laughs) store. (laughs) I'm sure he was fine with that. He's like, okay, (laughs) sounds good. Um, But I loved her in this. I mean, Reese can't do too much wrong in no, my eyes. No, I like her too. A last character is the happy medium. <laughs> uh, played by Zach Galifianakis. Obviously, you know him from The Hangover. Uh, I mean, he has a little role in this film. Uh, biggest difference is the happy medium's a woman in the in book. The book so, yeah. you know, they flipped the switch on that one. <laughs> hey, you know, it is what it is. I thought he did a fine yeah. job. Um, I like it because he always brings that community mm-hmm. value. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, Based on the cast list as well, who we're missing though are the twins mm, in the book. Yes, not that they're huge characters, but uh, Charles Wallace and Meg have twin brothers. Yes, which, which did not make the cut. Apparently, they didn't have enough budget for them. No, <laughs> nope. All right, time for who said it. Your first quote is: "It's being able to understand a sort of language. Like sometimes, if I concentrate very hard, I can understand the wind talking with the trees." Hmm. Mrs. What's it? Mm-hmm. Charles Wallace. Damn it. <laughs> Next one. Oh, Meg, you are a moron. Don't you know you're the nicest thing that's happened to me in a long time? Calvin? Yeah. Mm, that was so cute. <laughs> Next one. Oh, we don't travel at the speed of anything. We tesser. Or you might say we wrinkle. Mrs. What's it? Yes. <laughs> Next one. Or last one. I do face facts. They're lots easier to face than people. I can tell you. Meg. Yeah. I just really like that <laughs> yeah. line. I'm like, yes, people are annoying to yeah. deal with. <laughs> All right. So um, F. Mary Kill, obviously, you got to go with the missus. Yeah. So you got oh. Mrs. What's It, Mrs. Who, and Mrs. Which. <laughs> oh, man. They're all great. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna marry Mrs. Which because she seems like the head yeah. of them all, you yep. know? Um, the HBIC, as yep. they call it. I will wrinkle with Mrs. What's It because she seems like she's got some spunk to her. Okay. And I will kill Mrs. Who because she would drive me nuts with all those quotes. 
Okay. Um, I will also marry Mrs. Witch. Um, I'm actually going to um, wrinkle with Mrs. Who because even though you don't like that, that's like the one thing that I do yeah. like. Um, I would love someone to just speak in quotes to me all the time. Uh, and then that means I'll just have to kill Mrs. What's it, which is fine because she's kind of mean in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> she fine. like keeps it real, real with yeah. Meg. And I feel bad for her at some, at some points. So the movie opens up with a scene of Mr. Murray with Meg, like doing science things, um, which is not how the book opens. Cause he's already gone. Right. Yes. When the book opens. Yeah. The book basically opens with her saying that like, she struggles through school and like, she can't really find her place in the whole world. And they, they mentioned that her dad's been gone for like four years and that's kind of, yeah. And they talk that she is like, had just gotten into a fight at school. Like it yeah. all starts like with them talking about all right. that stuff. Um, they, I mean, this even goes back to where, like I said, they, in the movie, they're adopting Charles Wallace. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's basically them telling Meg, like, let's go meet your new brother. Um, but, yeah, Charles Wallace is very much one of them <laughs> in yes. the book. Um, and, like we said, there's no twins. So, and that's really where the twins interact is at the beginning of the book for the most part. But now we fast forward and Meg is in her bed during the storm, which is basically where the book starts is Meg right. in her room, you know, hiding from the storm, whatnot. And she comes downstairs. Uh, she comes downstairs and she finds Charles Wallace there, you know, and he makes his little note of, yeah, I knew you were coming down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we come to find out really early that Charles Wallace is a very special child. Yes. (laughs) He can do things that most children cannot. (laughs) Right. Uh, but we find out at this point that Mr. Murray has now been gone for four years and, that he was very much under the impression that he could travel through the universe with his mind. And that's kind of the little that we get at this point of where he might've gone. Um, the next thing we get is school, but correct me if I'm wrong. Like the book is like basically goes that night that we're talking about Mm -hmm. here. Isn't that the night when one of the misses comes right away? Right. Yeah. Mrs. What's it shows up. So we have to wait a little bit longer in the movie. We actually get a scene at school uh, where Meg is kind of getting, you know, teased. And you can tell that she just, like, does not fit in. Yeah. Uh, and either is Charles Wallace. I guess at this school, it's like the elementary kids are, like, right next to the middle schoolers. Yeah. And he's, like, yelling for Meg. <laughs> and She's he, like, just stop. You're right. embarrassing me. And it's, like, right after he, like, went and, like, told off the teachers. <laughs> I was like, this kid is my hero. Uh, and then a girl starts making fun of Meg. And Meg, like, throws the basketball in her face. And which is funny, like, what did you think about them, like, adding this random girl into the story for no reason? I mean, they, to your point, they do mention that the kids are not nice to her in the book, but it's like, they don't, like, pinpoint one person. I think it was more so just to, like, drive home the fact that, like, this girl that they chose was, like, very much, like, prim and proper and, like, Miss Popular. So I think that was the whole point of, like making sure you knew she was like the head B-I, you know, T-C-H. Yeah. So I just thought it was kind of itch. I was like, who, who's Veronica? There's no Veronica <laughs> yeah. in this book. But so now obviously Meg got sent to the school or sent to the principal's office because she, you know, hit the girl in the face of the basketball. And the principal's like kind of a jerk. He's just like, all right, we know you're going through some things, but like your dad's not coming home. Yeah. And she's like, all right, I'm out. And just walks out. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, what do you expect? Um, but now she's at home and this is when a woman shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's Mrs. What's it wearing these sheets, 
And she's like in this beautiful like white <laughs> gown. And that's not how it's portrayed in the book. No. Well, it's in the middle of like a, a, a rainstorm. And she like comes through almost like, you know, just some random person off the street or whatever. Um, but we get this whole like inner dialogue of Meg in the book of there is this person that has stolen Mrs. Whoever's sheets. Mm-hmm. And like she's scared that they're going to come and like steal something from her family or even people from her family. So when Mrs. What's It walks in, they're all like on or at least she's on guard of like, who are you? What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she looks like a bum. <laughs> she's a total bum. She's got water in her boots. Like she's just <laughs> struggling. Um, and Charles Wallace is like, it's fine. It's just Mrs. What's It. Right. <laughs> But no, in the movie, it's beautiful Reese Witherspoon and her white gown, you know, sheets. Um, But she says at this point that Charles Wallace is the most brilliant mind of the recent time. So like right away, again, you know that Charles Wallace, I want to know who his biological parents are. Good point. Where'd this kid come from, you know? Well, in the book, they, that, they are his biological right. parents. <laughs> um, but she, so before she leaves, she whispers something to Mrs. Murray. And it's along the lines of saying that the Tesseract is real. Come to find out that the Tesseract is something that they had been working on, which she would have never known about. Right. The funny part is the Tesseract is one of the um, Infinity Stones in Marvel. <laughs> Oh, so, that is interesting. Yes, which is going to come into play in the new Loki series that's coming out. Fascinating. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Charles Wallace and and Meg end up going the next day to like walk their dog. Their dog did not get the credit in no. the movie. I can't even remember what his name is. It was weird. Hard. It's some I, weird name. I just kept brushing over it while I was reading because I was like, I can't pronounce it, so we're right. just going to move on. <laughs> right. So they're out walking their dog. And Charles Wallace is like, let's, you know let's go meet Mrs. Who. And he's like, what? <laughs> he like just runs it, you know, he runs into this house and it, like in the book though, isn't it like in the wood? They're like in the woods at this point. This is just like on a normal, like suburban neighborhood. Well, they, uh, they do mention that they're going to go to this like abandoned house or whatever, where mm-hmm. the misses are like kind of hanging out. And then on the way they, in the woods, they meet up with Calvin or they yeah. run into Calvin and then they all go together. Yeah. So, it's just, uh, yeah. oh yeah, I forgot to mention, yeah, this is where they run into Calvin. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, something just told me that I needed to come here. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here now. Um, but yeah, so Charles Wallace ends up running into this ab- abandoned house. And Mrs. Who is the, in there quilting, this like beautiful <laughs> quilt. And she's looking through these like crazy looking like uh, spectacle things. Um, at the kids and she like seems to approve of them mm-hmm. <laughs> from it. She's like, you're okay. You can stay. Yes, you're fine. And you know, she talks in all these famous quotes, um, but she gets very tired very easily and just falls asleep. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so like not a whole lot happens in that scene. Just no. basically they meet her and we see this, you know, the spectacles and that's about it. Yeah. Which the spectacles come into play later. So yeah. that's important, I guess. Uh, they end up inviting Calvin over for dinner. Um, and he's, you know, he starts asking about their dad and, you know, what he was studying and kind of, you know, where he might, where he might be. And we come to find out that Mr. and Mrs. Murray used to work together and that they were basically trying to move through galaxies, um, and that they were attached to different dimensions and they were trying to do all stuff. And I'm like, I'm just trying to like get through the day without like having a nervous breakdown. Like I couldn't imagine that being my job. Science is hard. Science is really hard. Even in this dimension. (laughs) Um, But they talk about how that they could wrinkle time to get to faraway places. uh, 
if they tap into this like tesseract, mm-hmm. you know, and it's basically about like moving particles and all this other the stuff. The way it was explained in the book is actually really like easy to follow. Oh, with the ant? Yeah, like with the, <laughs> yeah, it's like a string. And if you put an ant on it, if it's a straight line, it, you think it's the fastest way. But right. if you actually bring the point, two points together and it just crosses over, it's like right. way faster. Yes. Genius. Yes. <laughs> they don't describe it with the ant in no. the movie. <laughs> um, but after they're like doing this presentation, like people are looking at, at them like they're just nuts. Yeah. Which is what I would probably do. True. <laughs> uh, but at this point, Mrs. What's It now shows up and is telling the kids, like, hey, let's go find your dad. And Megan's like, what? What is happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, like, Miss Who shows up. And then Mrs. Witch makes her grand entrance as this, like, giant beanstalk woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I love they're like, aren't you a little big? She's like, I mean, what is big? Even? Right. I'm, I'm kind of surprised they didn't make her more... Um, it's not opaque. Fuzzy. Fuzzy. Yeah. Or like, you know, shimmery or whatever. Because in the book, they kind of explain that she is kind of there, not really there. It's yeah, almost like she can't like get all the way a, through. Yeah, it's interesting. So I'm, I don't know. Probably because Oprah was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, you're not going to blur my face. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Well, they could have made her all like shimmery and even more beautiful. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they explained to the kids at this point that they had a call for help that brought them there. And they are assuming that it was probably that their dad in some other dimension or galaxy was calling out for them, which brought the, the misses to them. Mm-hmm. And so now they, you know, tell them that they're going to test her through space and time. And I love the boys are like, okay. And Meg's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it's hard for Meg to kind of grasp these true, types of concepts. True. <laughs> and then we also see like Veronica next door, like looking down on them. I'm like, what, what can she be thinking at this point? Like what is happening? Um, but they end up landing on a different planet named Uriel. And it's like this beautiful, it's I guess, gorgeous. New Zealand planet. <laughs> and they talk to the flowers and they show them a picture of Mr. Murray because the flowers are the best gossipers in the world. <laughs> uh, that's not in the book. No. Um, but but I, thought really it was kinda, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but they basically point them in the direction because the flowers do recognize you know, that Mr. Murray was there and they show them what direction he went into. It's important to note that like this is one of the first of a few times where Mrs. What's It like doesn't really have faith in Meg mm-hmm. and like her capabilities. She even says it like point blank right. in this scene. <laughs> um, something else a little different when, in the movie when they show up on this planet, the Mrs. are still in or Mrs. What's It is still in her human form mm-hmm. when they land there in the book. I think it's like right away. She's a totally different form. Well, yeah. Cause she said something like it's time to tell them or Mrs. W- uh, which does. And she's like, should I, should I change or whatever? Yeah. She immediately. And important to note her, what she shape shifts into is completely different in the book. Absolutely. Than in the movie. So in the book, she's kind of like this horse, female it's like a pegasus type exactly thing. almost like the ones in harry potter where they're mm-hmm. like half male half horse yep um but in the book or in the movie she's like this beautiful flower plant flying lettuce flying <laughs> lettuce yes. perfect great way to describe yeah that. so that's what she changes into at this point she changes into this big beautiful flying lettuce thing <laughs> and she flies the kids to the other part of the planet which does not happen in the book because she's not that in the book Uh, i think in the book they just kind of go up to the hill and they are able to see what's going on but at some point they're flying around and they see what is known as the darkness and when calvin sees it he falls off mrs Mm -hmm. what's it and that doesn't happen in the book again because 
Right. They're not flying. And at this point, though, they get back. They and are the flowers are the ones that that they almost like grab yeah. him. <laughs> they grab him. So he's OK. Yeah. Um, but Mrs. What's it now goes back into a human form and she explains to them that that big black thing, you know, in the sky at that part of the planet is known as the it mm-hmm. and it's spreading evil everywhere. Yeah. I was very confused in the book if I should be calling it. IT or it. <laughs> I called it the it. <laughs> yeah. Eventually I was like, okay, I think it's just called the it. Yeah. But um because I think at one point they like talk about like it's at the intelligence something. I was like, okay, well maybe Central it Central is. Intelligence. Yeah, I was like, yeah. well, maybe it is the IT. <laughs> uh something else that's a little different. The flowers obviously play a part in the movie. Um, but in the book, there's a specific flower that they're they've been told that like they need to smell in order to like not allow the it to like overpower them and make them you know do whatever it needs to do so like as they're flying or whatever they give them the flowers to smell to make them so same flowers just different purpose i guess yes (laughs) um so but they talk at this point they say okay we need to go find somebody who can tell us where where their dad is because they still don't know exactly where he is so they need to go find they need to go see one of the seers who ends up being the boyfriend of one of them, <laughs> the misses. Um, so they do need to test her to this other planet, but Meg is still having like a ton of trouble tessering. The boys were fine, but every time Meg does it, she lands on her butt and like can't move for 50 minutes. Right. And, but they tell her, you know, she needs to become, you know, one with the universe. She needs to stop, you know, kind of questioning everything and just, just go with it. So they do end up going to see the happy medium on the planet of Orion. Um, like I said before, he, it's a woman in the book. Right. <laughs> but I was totally okay with this change. And they try to ask him, you know, where Mr. Murray is. And Meg questions basically how thinking about where her dad is, like, how is that going to help him? Because he's like, focus on where you think your dad might be. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. And how is this going to help? And I was like, yeah, I can't blame you for that. That's what they tell people to do when they've lost something. They're like, think about where you think you left it. It's like. My mom's favorite thing is, where did you see it last? And then pray to St. Christopher to help you find it. (laughs) He is the saint of lost things. Perfect. So there you go. Um, But Mrs. Witch at this point is like, all right, let me help. Try to help Meg a little bit here. And she lets Meg see through her eyes and kind of shows her what they're dealing with in this darkness and that it really is taking over not just these other planets, but earth as well. And Mm -hmm. it's like this montage of like people doing bad things to other people and people having negative thoughts about themselves, which I thought was kind of a cool, again, modern twist Mm -hmm. on it. Cause you got, it actually was like, okay, this is kind of what they're talking about. It's essentially like a darkness that comes over people and makes them do bad things. And it was something that I'm like, okay, people are like, can relate to it. Yeah. You know, instead of this being like some crazy universe type thing. Um, but they tell her, you know, like your father can help bring back hope to fight this evil because her dad is such a outward thinker and like visionary Mm -hmm. that somebody like that in the world can really bring hope to people, which, you know, that's what we all need, right? I mean, I feel like that's me. <laughs> you need some hope? Or are you no, the no, visionary? No, I am the visionary. Oh, are you? Are you jumping dimensions? You don't know. Maybe. It could be an alternate Rosha right now. I don't reveal all my secrets. Okay. But Meg gets a flashback at this, at this point about when her dad went missing. And 
we come to find out that may that he actually figured out whatever frequency that they had been trying to work on forever um finally worked and he it happened so quickly that he didn't get to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. No one knew where he was going. And we see him traveling through all these different planets. And like, some of them are super beautiful, yeah. but he actually ended up on the, where the, it lives on Camazots. Yep. <laughs> and which is like the most dark evil planet yeah. that you'd ever want to live on. So in the book, the way that he actually gets lost is a little different. So that he actually works for the government and they've been trying to like do all these tests and things. Um, they send somebody else um, and they're right. like, okay, we'll give it a year. If the person like doesn't come back, we'll like reassess. <laughs> well, that person does not come back. So instead of being like, you know what? Let's stop this. Right. They're like, let's just send somebody oh else. Oh my gosh, no um, way. So unfortunately, Mr. Murray was that unfortunate soul that had to go. But... Right. So it's like, there wasn't like this big mystery as much. In the book. So the kids at this point are like, all right, well, let's go to Camazots. Let's go find my dad. And the missus tell them, like, we can't go there. We can't test her there because it's too dark. And basically what the missus are are light and hope. Mm -hmm. And that planet's too dark and none of their powers will work. So the missus want to go back home. They want to go take the kids back to Earth. They want to go find their mom and then, like, kind of basically regroup. Right. Well, Meg doesn't want to do that. <laughs> Meg's like, no, 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 no. We already came yeah. this far. Yeah. So basically they're tessering back to earth and Meg is so like her will to want to go find her dad actually ends up pulling them mm-hmm. to Camazots and they're there, but the missus are like, all right, well, you're on your own now. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and they're like, we can't bring you back with us. So again, you got to figure this out. And, um, which I guess is kind of what happens in the book. I don't remember them like being like, yes, we're going to go back. I and thought they her... were just sending, I thought they were just sending the kids there. I thought like, that's what I remember was basically like, we can't really do anything on the, on the planet, but we'll like take you there. And then yeah. you're on your own. Right. There. But like they do in the book, they do leave the kids with these gifts. And Mrs. Who gives Meg those special spectacles. And then she also tells her that her greatest gift are her faults. And then they also tell them, you know, like, stay together. Like, my gift is to command you guys to stay together. Mm -hmm. Um, In the book, I think they give Calvin, like, communication. Oh, (laughs) yeah. He has the ability to, like, yeah, like, communicate better than most. Or It kind of comes into play, but not really. It was, like, the one helpful thing that Calvin actually did in the story. (laughs) And, like, without having it in the movie, I'm like, why is Calvin here? (laughs) What has he done this entire time? I guess. Well, we may- will talk about it a little later. I'm like, what? Where did Calvin go? <laughs> right. I guess maybe just like help like Meg's self-esteem. Like, yeah. I'm not exactly sure. It's fine. So anyway, so the misses fade out. And as they fade out, these giant trees pop up from everywhere. And now it's just Calvin and Meg in this like dark woodsy area. Um, and Charles Wallace is missing. Mm-hmm. Which, that does not happen in the book. No. There's like a giant haboob that comes through, which yeah. <laughs> if you're not from Arizona, haboob is, gi- is a it giant sandstorm. Um, but yeah, I was like, what? But yeah. <laughs> I don't remember told, this. And we'll get to this part in the movie, but they're told basically when they get there, they need to go to this town. Mm-hmm. Um, but they end up in these woods and the kids are running because it's like chasing them. And they hear Mrs. Witch telling them like, go to the wall, go to the wall. Um... So then they, like, get into this, like, random tree stump that ends up getting, like, thrown over the wall because Meg knows something about physics. 
I wasn't too sure on what the purpose of this was. Aside from showing that Meg is actually smart, I didn't see any need for it or any use for it. Because in the book, they literally, they land there and then they just like walk down a hill to the neighborhood. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's like, there they are. Right. So maybe they just wanted a little bit of action in the movie. Yeah. Uh, So Calvin and, after they get over the wall, Calvin and Meg are like at this river and they like kind of have this moment they make eyes. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Nothing really happens. <laughs> so they end up finding Charles Wallace, who's like, where have you guys been? I've been over this wall the whole time. <laughs> and this is where they find the town. It's like this crazy Stepford looking house or, totally. you know, neighborhood. All of these kids are bouncing their ball at the exact same time. And this is exactly how it happens in, in the book as well. And it really bothers Charles Wallace. Like, the rhythm and the mm-hmm. bouncing, he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, because he's still, like, out there. Yeah. Like, anything that's in line or in order is not his not his jam. And so then a woman comes out, and they're like, darling, it's dinner time. And it's one of my favorite actresses, uh, Bellamy Young. Yes. Who we know her from Scandal. And then she was also in one of my favorite shows, um, The Prodigal Son. Mm. I love her. But this she is exactly, she is the epitome of a Stepford wife. Totally. She <laughs> killed that role. <laughs> yeah. So it was funny to see her. And she comes out and she like is like, are you guys lost? Like, what's going on? And then they, they're like, no, we're fine. She's like, do you want to come in for dinner? And they're like, or Calvin's like, yeah, sure. I'm starving. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're, like, we're going to keep going. Um, something else happens in the town in the book though. Yeah. So at one point there's a kid that comes out and he starts like bouncing his ball out of rhythm from everybody else. And it's like, it's like the one thing that's like off kilter. Um, her, his mom comes by and like, you know, brings him in or whatever. But like, that poor kid comes into play later because we see him at central central intelligence being reprimanded for being out of order, like being not doing what everybody else was doing. So we come to find out that this little town um, is a little strange. Yes. And like you said, very Stepford and everybody does the exact same thing. Everyone's equal supposedly. So that's where it gave me like major like giver vibes because Mm -hmm. that's kind of the town in the giver as well. Um, But they are, they were told before they went there that this planet has many faces so after they have this interaction with this woman, the planet changes and which does not happen in the book, nope. but there's this like beach scene now. And there's like a ton of people on this beach and they're trying to find Charles Wallace because they've lost him again. Mm-hmm. And this man comes out um, and his name is red um, played by one of uh, another one of our actors that we've seen a million times. I can't remember what his name is. I can't either. But I, I actually really I thought this char- this character was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but he yells out to them and is like, you know, you guys must be the Murray kids. Like, we know who you are. We know why you're here. And he's like this kind of like sinister type yeah. character, but in like a Willy Wonka type way. <laughs> um, in the book, isn't it just a set of red eyes? Yeah. Yeah. And like they hear a voice that's mm-hmm. like in their head or whatever. Yeah, because she talks but... about it's like, che- it's like a Cheshire cat. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and then he just kind of takes them in and they have like a dinner, I think, in the book, mm-hmm. like uh, like a turkey dinner or something. Yeah. But here he offers, in the movie, he offers them all of this food on the beach and Calvin thinks it tastes fabulous. <laughs> and, but Charles Wallace thinks it all tastes like sand, which is exactly what happens in the, in the yes. book as well. It makes a little bit more sense since they're on the beach. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's red says that Charles Wallace has passed the test and he starts like trying to put Charles Wallace in this like trance um, by doing like math problems that mm-hmm. are all in order. And, 
he gets Charles Wallace to just kind of walk off with him. And Red thanks Meg that he brought Charles Wallace right to them. And she's like, oh, crap. What, is, <laughs> what, what, is, what do you mean? What did I do? Right. And so, but before they can grab him, the planet changes again. And it's this giant white room, which, again, doesn't happen in the book because the planet doesn't change this way. They kind of no, just go at, to Central Intelligence. At this point in the book, they're already at Central Central Intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yes, it, there are two Centrals. <laughs> right. And so Red is there with Charles Wallace in this big white room. And we come to find out that Charles Wallace has been taken over by the It. That he looks the same, but he's... You know, has different mannerisms. His, he's, he's a total jerk. Yeah, he's not nice at all. He's saying really mean things to May, Meg and Calvin. So like, and they know, they're like, all right, this isn't you. Yeah. But Meg pulls out her her spectacles that Mrs. Who gave her at this point. And she kind of can see the invisible infrastructure in the room. So it's like this big white room, but there's actually steps that you just can't see. Um, it's almost like blueprints. Yeah, yeah. That's not in the book. Yeah, it is. Well, well, it's not diff- a little yeah. different. Well, so they get into this room and they they're like, okay, I think they either hear something or she she for some reason decides to put the glasses on and she is led into like a hallway where yeah. she ends up seeing her dad. So it's similar, but not with like the whole like cool new you know new age. Well, and I think things. she even had to use the spectacles to like find her dad's cell or something too. She used the spectacles to actually like. Um, go through the wall that uh, gotcha. you know, led her to him too. Gotcha. Yeah. So she, in, so in the movie, she uses these spectacles. She walks up these stairs, and it's a like a giant red room to where her dad is. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chris Pine looks like he hasn't aged a day in four years. His beard <laughs> hasn't grown out. In the book, they talk about how scraggly and yeah. skinny he was looking. He looks well fed and well bathed. Well, and they do say in the book and in the movie, I think like time is like it's unsure, like. It, a second mm-hmm. could have passed or 10 years could have passed. Right. So really, we don't know. So it makes sense. Yeah. Right. Well, and he, he even says, he's like, how long have I been gone? Yeah. Like, you look a lot older. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too. In the book, he can't see her. Mm-hmm. He, oh, yeah. It's almost like he's in the dark. And until she gives him the spectacles, that's when he's able to see her. But in the right. movie, it's like, oh, I see you. Let's It's hug. like this big reunion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Meg ends up walking them back down to that white room where they were in um, to Charles Walls and Calvin. And Charles Wallace says that he can look into all of their souls and see their weaknesses. Like that's like his like superpower now, I guess. And he wants to take them to go see the it. And he starts dragging them, starts dragging Meg. And Meg is basically almost giving in at this point. Mm -hmm. Like she can't fight it anymore. Come to find out that the Meg or the it also wants Meg. And so Mr. Murray at this point is like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> like, we got to go. So he's trying to tesser them off of the planet. And Meg is like, well, we can't just leave Charles Wallace. Like, I need to save him. Yeah. So while he's tessering them off the planet, Meg resists so much. And now she's actually stuck there while Mr. Murray and Calvin have left. That is different. <laughs> this is the point where I was like, where is Calvin? Like, right. they don't show him being, tessering? Yeah. I was they like, don't show him being dragged, really, either. No, I was like, did he disappear? Did he just tesser on his <laughs> own? Like, what happened? Yeah, but so yes. we miss a huge part here. We do. It's a giant part. So in the book, um, 
as Charles Wallace is trying to drag them, that uh, Calvin actually suggests, hey, we should test her. Like, if you can, Mr. Murray, please test her us out of here or whatever. They do. They actually succeed in testering. But because Mr. Murray is so bad at it, they end up on a completely different planet, <laughs> which I don't remember the name of it. But they come across a basically a planet full of beasts. Mm-hmm. And these beasts, like, come up on them. And they're like, why are you here? Who are you? And they, they essentially have to tell, explain themselves that, like, they're on the wrong planet. They were trying to, you know, get away from uh, Kamazats. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Kamazats. And that's how they ended up there, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, they... These beasts end up helping them kind of come up with a plan on. Well, and Meg is down for the count when they oh, get yeah, there. Oh, yeah. She's, she she's basically what? She's like frozen, right? For like mm-hmm. a full full day or something. So they actually help heal her. They take her back to the. Ant like, Beast does. <laughs> good old Ant Beast. Um, they take her back to like their lair or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're able to kind of bring her back to her normal self. And <clears throat> once they do that, then they start talking about, okay, well, what do we do? We need to come up with a plan. And long story short, they un- they come to understand that the only person who can save Charles Wallace is Meg. So basically, it's under- it's understood that Meg will have to go back to Kamazats and save Charles Wallace. Yeah. So we don't get any of no. that in the movie. Well, and during that, that part in the book, Meg is really mad at her dad mm-hmm. that he left Charles Wallace yeah. there. And she's like... What did we like? What is good is this yeah. if you can't even do what you said you could do and then you leave him? Right. And it, yeah, she's very emotional in the book. Yes. <laughs> so, but in the movie, she's stuck now on Kamazats by herself with Charles Wallace. And she ends up being getting to the center of the it, which is the darkest mind in the entire universe. And the it is showing Meg a better version, a quote unquote, better version of mm-hmm. herself. Like she's, you know, doesn't have the glasses. Her hair is straight. That's cool and, outfit. Yeah. And you know, the, it is basically saying like, this is what I can turn you into. Uh, that's not visually described in the book. No. Is it? No. But Meg like resists this and she pushes her, her other self like off, <laughs> <laughs> off this thing. Um, but unfortunately, Charles Wallace is still under like the spell of the it. And he just starts verbally, uh, abusing Meg, mm. like really badly and telling her, you know, telling her all of her faults and whatnot, whatnot. This is the part where she starts using her faults as her greatest strength. She starts recognizing them and says them out loud. And when you say them out loud, it, it always like gives the other person, like it takes away that power from them. Totally. You can be like. You know, I can say like, yeah, I'm overweight. So I'm like, so that person can't be like, oh, you're overweight. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, it's the whole (laughs) concept of like make fun of yourself so other people can. Right. And so that's what Meg basically uses to fight off the it. And she says, you know, even with all these faults, Charles Wallace still loves me. And she loves him too. In the book, she's like, and Aunt Beast loves me. (laughs) like cool you met her like three days ago right <laughs> um but really at that moment that brings the real charles wallace back to his body and it's him like brings the light back to him and they destroy the darkness love heals all right <laughs> right um the misses at this point are able to come back because all of the darkness mm-hmm. is gone i really loved that scene where like the like brain of the it mm-hmm. like turns into light almost yep. like fireworks yeah it was, it was super really cool. cool so yeah so the misses are there and they basically tell meg like you know you are now one of the greatest warriors among the great minds on earth and they start like naming all like Gandhi and all of <laughs> all the other, but she's like, really? And me? And Meg Murray. <laughs> and Meg Murray. 
Uh, and this is the part where Mrs. Who says that famous quote, tomorrow there, there will be more of us. Miranda, American. It's funny if you go through and listen, if you see all of her quotes, because like there's one from like Chris Farley. I thought I heard, there was one, I can't remember what it was. I was like, that's a total like 21st century reference. Oh yeah, and for I sure. Uh, so Meg, now they're like, okay, now, now that the darkness is gone, we can actually get you home. So Megan, or Megan, so Meg starts, is able to, to start the Tesseract herself now because she is actually buying into all this and she's able to kind of see what's going on when she's tessering and she brings them back to earth and now they're home and Cal and dad are just hanging out in the backyard. (laughs) I'm like, what? Hey, long time no see. Right. I think in the end of the, and really like that's kind of the end of the, the book, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like it's basically they, they have get the reunion and with the mom, yeah. and, and then it's like yeah. over. The movie, you know, they make you know Meg and her dad kind of have this moment of like, you know, let's make peace because she's not happy with her dad right. that he's put put them through all this. But then they make peace, and then they see Veronica hanging out out the window <laughs> next door, and she waves at her. And I guess they're going to be friends at some point. Um, But then they all come in and they see her mom and then her dad walks in and there's the reunion. definitely cried. (laughs) Yeah, I I did too. I was like, this is really emotional. Those dang Disney movies. (sighs) And then Calvin goes home because he's got to go talk to his dad. He's got to tell his dad some things. Um, And then he hugs Meg goodbye. I'm like, you literally just traveled the universe and you can't even give her a kiss on the cheek. Well, they most certainly kissed in the book. So like, why couldn't they do it in the movie? It's very strange. Very strange. Um, And then Meg says, thank you to, I guess, the universe. (laughs) And then it ends. And that's the end. The end. So did the movie stay true to the book? Yeah. I think so. I'd say so. I mean, other than that one chapter. Yeah. But I almost tell, I felt like taking out that one chapter was fine. Yeah. We still got to, to where we needed to go. Well, it's almost like the... We wrinkled. Um, we they brought They brought the two together. I see what you did <laughs> yeah. there. Um, no, but I do think like the, um, the scene with the haboob and the, the sandstorm yeah. almost took the place of the ant beast tree. True. Not that uh, yeah. it was anywhere similar to it, but that was probably kind of a... It was more exciting to do that yeah. scene, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought, I mean, it, it was definitely a modern take on this story, but 100%. it needed to be. If yeah. they would have tried to do the story as it was written, people would have hated it even more than they hated it, I guess. Agreed. Um, so book or movie for you? I'm interested in what you're going to say. Uh, Movie. Me too. Yeah. I But we're such visual people. I kind of thought maybe you would. Yeah. Well, and the book's fine. Yeah. I definitely, like I said, I definitely enjoyed it way more than The Giver. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see why it's, you know, um, used in school and, and taught in school and stuff. But the movie just takes it to a whole other yeah. level. Like, like we've been saying this whole time, the like visuals, the costumes, the huge cast like all of that brings it to life and like really does a good job of like you said modernizing the story well and i felt like the message of the story came out clearer in the movie than it did in the book for me at least that's fair which i'm like yeah i want to show this movie to our kid like (laughs) it has a good message i thought it had a better message than the giver i agree i still don't know what the giver was it's hard to say (laughs) all right two for the movie woo all right, that's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Booby Girls. You can also email us at theboobygirls at gmail.com. And like we said earlier, we are on Patreon. We have a couple levels for you. 
Our rom-com level gets you our episodes 24 hours ahead. You also get access to our Karen reviews. Then our drama level gets you what I already mentioned. You also get a sticker for joining. You get a shout out in a future episode and you get access to our movie serials and other bonus content, things like Firefly Lane series. And I promise we'll start a new one soon. We just, you know, it's fine. There's a lot going on. Busy. Um, All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the booby girls. So our next, our next. The reason that we're busy is, is, please tell um, them. Okay. Roche is mad because we're making her do a Tom Clancy one. Next up, we're doing Without Remorse. One of the reasons I felt we needed to do this though Boyfriend Ray was like, so I haven't listened to the last like five episodes because I'm not into any of those. And I'm like, all right, whatever. It's him. Then I go home and my brother Lucas is like, so when are you going to do like another kind of guy film? <laughs> then I was talking to my friend Seth and he's like, so when are you going to do a title for the dudes? Oh my <laughs> God. Like, he's like, I can't do a walk to remember. And I'm like, okay, okay. I was like, well, we're doing a Tom Clancy without remorse. Michael B. Jordan. On okay. Apple or on Prime, I'm Amazon Prime. Can you please tell the people that that's really the real reason that you picked 1, it? 1,000%. It's Michael B. Jordan. It is. <laughs> and I've been told that his shirt is off during this film. Uh, but the book is 750 pages of just straight text. Which in the movie is under two hours. So I don't know how that's going to compute. But um, I'm going to lean on you on this one because you chose it. So like you leaned on me for eight episodes for Harry Potter. I'm going to lean on oh, you Oh, remember when one. you made me read like 4,000 pages for Harry Potter? <laughs> there we go. so much better anyway i haven't even started the book (laughs) good luck (laughs) Uh, all right thanks for listening and remember don't judge a book by its movie bye